there, everybody, and welcome to the Lion of Vienna Suite podcast, episode 65. My name is Daniel Murphy, and I'm joined tonight by three lovely fellas. First up, fresh from the LA sunshine, it's Mr. Johnny Ecclesley. Johnny, hostings. Very good, mate. Very good. Came back to a uh, a win for the Wanderers, so I'm I'm happy. Mm-hmm. And how was how was Los Angeles? Did you find it as much of a shit hole was... as I did? Um, I wouldn't say it's a shit hole. It's nice weather, and you can get a lot of avocado. That's what I learned. Um, and the girls are rather attractive. Mm, I guess it probably ninety five percent of the time. Although you went to a gaming convention, so I'm not oh, sure yes. how attractive the girls were. There, I spent a lot of time. I spent a lot, a lot of time at the beach. Some saucy Final Fantasy cosplayers knocking doing the rounds. <laughs> interesting, <laughs> interesting. We should probably leave that for the um, L, like love pod after hours mm-hmm. or after dark, whatever you want to call it. Basically, I'm, I'm referring to a dirty <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yeah. Which beach did you frequent? Was it, did you go to Venice Beach per chance? I did go to Venice Beach. We filmed a television advert there, so I was there for two days, and it was roasting. Yeah, I will give it you. Venice Beach, Santa Monica, all that area is really nice. I love that bit of LA, but it's not actually yeah. in LA. It's in it's like forty minutes away from the main city of LA. GTA Live, Ho- Hollywood, Hollywood, isn't it? Um, no, so... Hollywood is in the middle of LA. Santa Monica is, is like it? yeah. Santa Monica is literally. 40, 40 minutes, 20, 20 miles or so out on the highway. And then that's really nice. That's really pretty, really rich, really serene, really nice. Then the middle of LA is just a fucking raging, sweltering shithole. And it's yeah. not very good at all. I wouldn't recommend LA itself. But Santa Monica, very nice. I'll tell you, so I'll tell you, it was a great house on the hills of Hollywood and uh, Beverly Hills. Fucking Vinnie Jones has got a sweet gaff. Also, Jason Statham, good house. Oh, God, two two monumental knobheads, can I just say? Vinny and Jason are sick. I'd have, I'd have Vinny Jones in our midfield tomorrow. Oh, fucking hell. Anyway. <laughs> also joining me tonight is, for the sake of this podcast, Wilson. But of course, he's Mr. Tom Wilson. Tom, how's the... Alright, lad. I'm, I'm good. I've been quite badly hung up, hungover all day, but I'm in recovery mode now, so nah, I should be alright. No doubt the love pod will drag you through. Where where did you what what was the cause for your drinking last night? Uh, the Wanderers being the best team in the league. Ah, yeah. What a wonderful answer. And also joining me tonight, it's the man, the myth, the legend. It is, of course, down the Manny Road, Tom. Tom, how are you? Hi, right, Paul. Have you missed me? Oh, you know, like a bloody hole in the head I have, son. <laughs> How you doing? I'm not too bad at all. I'm Ari. I'm Ari. Back in the swing of things at uni. Hopefully, the internet will hold out. We've been having some problems with urging the cunts the past week, but here's hoping I managed to remain blank for this podcast. How are you, Tom? Not too bad. What's been not too bad. Another weekend where all my football teams won, so uh, that's rare for it to happen on one weekend. Never mind back to back weekends. So. Well. Let's dive straight in, because on the last Line of Yes Week podcast, it was all doom and gloom. We hadn't won in seven, eight games, if you include the shit cup. And now, if you include the shit cup, we've won three games on the bounce. Of course, we beat um, Blackpool in the shit cup, which we will not talk about too much at all, because no fucker went, obviously. And then we beat Swindon the week after, through the jammiest goal on the face of this planet. And then, yesterday, we quite seemingly comprehensively be Oldham 2-0 and probably should have been more but 
Tom, since you are the only one amongst us who actually doesn't mind the shit cup and wants to talk about Parkinson's choice of team selection on that day, why don't you briefly, and I mean briefly, talk about the shit <laughs> cup so we can go on to the proper football that actually means something. Just um, reading things about, you know, Bradford bringing Colin Doyle off after about <laughs> two minutes. Good luck. You know, and, and teams trying to get around the rules and... and trying to, to make as much of a, a mockery out of this tournament as possible. I think Parkinson made less changes and played a better team than he could have done. And I think that that was, was, was a, a good idea. With two games against two struggling sides, um, we needed to just get out of that habit of losing. And I think that that maybe just put us back on back on track a little bit. So uh, I was pleased with his, with his team selection, particularly with the fact that obviously we... Uh, we got a win in a competition that nobody seems to care too much about, but it's got us out of the uh, the bad habit, I guess. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares for good reason. But Johnny, do you kind of agree with Tom's assessment of you know the getting back to winning ways with that team, build some momentum? Was it worth it with that cup? Obviously, it's been worth it in hindsight. But at the time, were you annoyed that more players weren't swapped and changed? Um, a little bit, yeah. I thought it was a bit of a risk. But then, obviously, it paid paid off in the end. I think it was maybe more of a psychological thing because the last time we played Blackpool in front of about six fans was when we played them at their place in in the in the League Cup, in the actual cup that means something. And um, and obviously, we lost that game in extra time. So I think uh, I think it's good for the lads that played that night to kind of um, get it out of the systems and. And make sure we get one over on Blackpool. And obviously, I, I do agree with Tom. It's good to get back to winning ways because it's not always easy when you get stuck in a bit of a rut. So, yeah, I'll, I'll probably not go to one of those games until we get to like the semi-final and play someone decent. But yeah, it's it's, it's so so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not going to be hypocrite. If we get to Wembley, I'll go to Wembley, no doubt. But I will still refer to it as a shit cup until the end of my days. But Wilson, do you agree with Tom's words? Yeah, I think both of you are pretty much spawn. Um I mean, the psychological aspect was a big part of it. But yeah, like you said, um, I'm still completely uninterested in the cup. And mm-hmm. But yeah, if we go to Wembley, that's definitely going to be town in it. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, no doubt about it. But it still doesn't change the fact, and we discussed it many times, that this trophy was already didn't exactly have the best reputation as it was. But... They've just completely ruined the integrity of it. Won it to Smithereens, and as you see, empty state. I think Oxford v Swindon played each other in this round, the last round of the cup, which is a fierce lower league derby, and the ground was fucking empty. Uh, only, you know, it takes a special competition to be able to achieve that, I must say. But let's get on to the proper stuff, because since that, you know, morale boosting victory against a withered Blackpool side. Bolton have only got a one twice, as I said earlier. We beat Swindon away 1-0, which we all managed to watch on the dodgiest of streams ever, thankfully. And we all got to witness the quite remarkably shittest goal I've ever seen in my long life. So, I think... Tom, did you manage to watch this game on the streams? No. Oh. I, uh, uh, the in-laws over. So, uh, oh, you poor I was listening to uh, Jack Dearden, who's probably better than any visual experience. Anyway, uh, agreed. Yeah, he's agreed. With, uh, with Alan Gowling as well, which which brought back some memories. Yeah, I would I would not 
argue with that, but Tom, me and you, or Wilson, I should say, me and you watched the game on the grainy, I don't know, fucking Kowati stream or whatever it was. Yeah. What do we think? I thought Bolton were rather turgid. I don't. I think I decided to clean the flat for most of the second half rather than actually watch the game. It was a poor one, but a grinded out victory. I think we'll take that, won't we? I think as a team, we weren't bad. I think it was just our behaviour in the final third was just painful yeah. to watch. Yeah, I think, was it their keeper had... Well, it's easy to say that he had made some great save that kept them in it, I think. He didn't. Had, exactly. If we had hit the shot either side of him on every occasion, we'd have won about 5-0. Yeah. Yeah, it was a strange game, I think. Was it Clough had probably the best opportunity, I think, which could have rattled his confidence going to the next game, but thankfully that seems to have been rectified now. I think he went clean through and then just hit it straight at the goalkeeper, if I'm not... I think that was James Henry. I think Henry Henry was the serial offender there. He missed, yeah. I remember he missed at least three, but I think Clough did miss one as well. Yeah, it was really weird. Is obviously our finishing is quite a problem, but is there any way to actually solve that problem this year, Wilson? Um, get better, I guess. It's <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I can think of. If only it was practice. Practice. We've solved all our woes. We should still be in the Premier League. If only we'd have said. <laughs> Do better. Pulling David Ngoga aside and just be like, awesome. Oh, Practice, yeah. Go, go, and kick, go and kick a ball against the wall. <laughs> I'll tell you something, I saw a video today of David Ngoga's goal against United. And Jesus Christ. Why did he never do that for us? Or just so rarely yeah. do that for us. Weird guy, weird guy. Anyway, was there any players against Swindon that particularly stood out for you in either a bad way or a good way? Um, Not really. I mean, all the players who have been good so far this season were good in that game. All the players who have been average to bad all season were average to bad in that game. Mm-hmm. There was no real, like, star performance. Yeah, I agree. No one really... You know, our man of the match was the incredibly torrid named guy who scored the own goal, who I cannot yep. possibly pronounce or remember. But, yeah, we won from a great own goal. I can't remember who set it up. But it was a great finish from my centre-back. We should probably sign him up, sign him up, put him up front, and then all our problems will quickly dissipate I presume you've all seen the goal lads yes mm-hmm. many times it, yeah, there's not much to say right yeah. it was fucking hilarious really and quite the uh, the bit of luck that we kind of needed especially since it's been on such a bad run and hopefully that's been a kickstarter for a better run now especially with such a big game next week which if we lose god help all our souls but we played at home on Saturday, and it's a game that you all three of you can talk a lot more about. Unfortunately, I can't. We beat Oldham 2 0 to Zach Clough goals. He's finally up and running for the season. Uh, very well placed free kick, which if the keeper had a move, probably would have been saved, but who cares? And then a tap in, I so believe. So, Johnny, you were there, weren't you? Yes? Yes, I was. Oh, good. So, why don't you tell us about the game then? Um, I thought we were, we were good. First half, um, it had. I mean, we, obviously the free kick was it was a great strike, and it was. I, I said to my uncle when uh, we got it, it's going to be quite difficult for him to get this in because it was it was arguably a diff- like one of the hardest places to take a free kick from because you're so close to the goal because yeah. it was right on the edge of the box. You got to get it up and over. Um, he really but he, obviously, he did. It. it was kind of just placed in. straight up. Yeah, it was yeah. A strange free kick. Yeah. No, it was a good goal, and and then I thought we should kick on here, and I mean we scored. I think it was the eighth minute or the ninth minute we got that. Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong. 
Um, so I thought, yeah, we should we should kick on here and maybe get a couple more. And it had it had kind of it brought back memories of the uh, the MK Dons game where we were we just didn't really seem to have the fire in our bellies to take the game to them and grab a couple more after we scored. Um, and then it sort of just petered out to half time. They got back into it a little bit, but not really. Little bits of good football here and there, but nothing really too much to worry us. Um, and then, and then the second half was a lot more open. I thought they came at us really well when just after half time. I mean, they kept us waiting. Did you have you seen that? I've heard. Dan? What was all that about? I've heard. I don't know. Can uh, Wilson or Tom? Can you elaborate on that? I don't really. I don't really know what, what went on there. Yeah, it was a bit of a weird one. Um, and then, yeah, they came at us. I thought they, they they probably should have scored a couple of times uh, in the first fifteen minutes of the the second half. And then and then we went up the other end. And after a bit of a scramble from a corner, um, if Vela Vela had a shot on the edge of the box, I don't know if you watched the highlights, Dan. I forgot. Um, I he, he, sh- he, sh- he should have he should have scored. If you'd have caught it cleanly, I reckon he would have scored. But he fluffed it, and then Amiobi kind of. Helped it on a little bit, and then Zach Clough just poked it in, and that was that was game over, really. All well ends well, I suppose. So yeah, Tom, what do you think of the game? I think we played well against a pretty bad side. Uh, well, when I say well, relatively well. Um, we, we're starting to fix those minor issues. It seems to be. I mean, a mate of mine a few weeks ago said. Phil Parkinson's game plan is scoring the first 15 minutes and then yeah. see how we go from there. Yeah, that, um, that's true. It's happening at Bristol and maybe a couple of others. And it it's leaves us stranded if we go behind, like we don't. But then against Wimbledon, we conceded earlier and then came from behind on one. So it's a strange old setup. Yeah, I mean, every, every time it happens, he sends me a text as, you know, like a, an I told you so sort of thing. Uh-huh. Um, but all of them aren't very good, are they? I did not recognise no. one player in that whole whole eighteen list of players. I did not recognise one name. No, they're not very good. Uh, their league position, their league position says it all. Where is their league position? They're just 25. above the bottom three. Well, oh, they're they in the bottom they're in the bottom four. Yeah, they went they went in this weekend. I'm look, I'm currently watching the highlights as we speak, and one guy nearly fucking cleaned out Vela. Jesus Christ! But elsewhere, Wilson, what do you think of the game? I think it was good. I think it was definitely a. I think it was an inspired performance. I think everyone knew that it was a must win. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think it was. I think there was definitely some questionable players on the pitch, but the right players played well, well and we got the win. Well, we'll talk about said players and whatnot now. First of all, Johnny, I want you to talk to me about Tom Thorpe because he was your man of the match. He's playing in this defensive midfield role now. Seems Jit Spearman has pushed up a bit of the pitch, I, I presume. So, what's what's the situation over there then? Do you like Tom Thorpe? Is he doing well? Well, I mean, he's come on a couple of times and I've seen him this season and not really done a great deal, but arguably that's not his fault because he hasn't had time or chance to. Um, but he kind of played, the I thought we played yesterday, and correct me if I'm wrong, lads, was sort of the normal back four and then Spearing and Thorpe. As like two holding midfielders in front of the back four, and then we played three in front of them. So it was like Clough in the middle, um, Vela on the left, and Amiobi. Oh, sorry, Vela in the middle, Clough on Clough on the left, and Amiobi on the right, so and then Medina up front. And 
four two three one. Yeah, and I thought that um, Thorpe's sort of just presence in general gave Spearing a little bit more license to get forward, um, and then Thorpe actually reminded me of. Um, Moamba, when when he first played for us, he's not really not really that sort of technical. He just gets stuck in, gets his foot on the ball, plays a simple pass over and over again. He won a few headers. He just put himself out out there, put himself about a bit, and it. And I, I thought he played really well. That's why I gave gave it to him. And I thought he was. I mean, he, he faded a little bit, but everybody faded in the first fifteen minutes of the second half because they were they were coming at us. Um, and he's not. I don't expect a player that plays in that position to do anything groundbreaking. But I thought he did his job really well. It was a really sort of tenacious performance. I thought he thought he played well. Yeah. Tom, would you echo those thoughts? Yeah, he seems he seems to have slowly made his way into the team because he when he first came in on deadline day, he was um, just just making a place on the bench. But he seems to be he seems to be settling pretty well and. Like Johnny alluded to, when he sits, it gives Spearing a little bit of a license to roam, um, and, and he likes that, doesn't he? I mean, he does it to varying levels of success, but um, he does like to to get forward and try and spread the play, get it out wide, uh, and it maybe there's a, there's a, an argument to be made for playing that sort of formation against teams that seem to just come to the to our games at, at the Macron. Just thinking, let's, let's see if we can get a point uh, and hit hit us on the break, or uh, sit back and see what happens. So maybe there's a bit of scope for playing that way with, against the teams that are trying to shut up shop. Mm-hmm. Wilson, would you agree with Farps the assessment they've both given us? Yeah, when I was reading Johnny's man and match piece, when he made the Moamba comparison, I was like, yeah, that's spot on. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still not 100% sold on him, because okay. even your Prattlers and uh, your Phoenix, sadly no longer with us, have good games every now and then. <laughs> he's not dead, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> I, know he's up, I know he's at Blackburn, but fucking hell, don't, don't give the guy a death sentence. Might as well be. Blackburn, maybe yeah. Death's probably a bit more pleasurable. <laughs> well, I want to know though. Against a team like Oldham, who are very good. I know we won, but do we need two holding midfielders? I know Parkinson likes to be compact and hard to beat, but should we not be going to twat these teams a bit more, you know, a bit more like convincingly, or is it just not Parkinson's style? No, I, I think we had a nice balance because we've got enough. I mean, I, I, if you look at our squad on paper, I wouldn't say we had the depth to be able to play that kind of sort of that's that system and be able to balance it right but I think Thorpe and Spearing complement each other very well um, you've got enough balance on both wings I think Josh Vela's position is probably an attacking midfielder based on the performance yesterday I've seen some people saying he wasn't very good I disagree with that I thought he was he was okay he was he was sort of buzzing about getting stuck into tackles chasing the ball down and he's, he's I mean he could have done a little bit better in advanced positions with the ball, but the passes to him weren't great in in areas where he was under pressure. So I thought he, that's a, that's a good spot for him. I mean, there's other players we can play there. Henry um, being being one, we could play Clough there as well. So and then we've got Medine up front to to hold the ball up. So I think I think it's a it's a good it's a good system for us. And I think it judging on yesterday's performance against the 
a pretty poor team in this league, I think it works for us. Um, I think against the top teams like Scunthorpe, Bradford, etc., we might have to be slightly more defensive and maybe play um, play the two that no, maybe I'll play the two that played there yesterday, Spearing and Thorpe, but give Spearing less license to roam and more be about sort of helping Thorpe protect the back four. I don't know. I don't know. Fair enough, fair enough. So, let's talk about Zach Clough then. Zachy Clough had a, oh, he's, he's had a bit of an indifferent start to the season. He made a couple of appearances here and there, looked sharp, looked good, then another injury hit him, stunted that progress. He's come back for the past, I don't know, four games now. Not had too much of an impact, but yesterday he looked like, well, it sounds like he looked like the Clough of old. He scored two goals, one being a very good one, the other being an instinctive finish that's always nice to see in young players. Is he on his way back to being the Zach Clough we all love love and hope to see every week he steps onto the bottom pitch, Tom? I think he's getting there, isn't he? Um, it's been a it's been a weird situation with Clough because his his injuries recently seem to be minor injuries that then prolong themselves in in training. Um but, I mean, that free kick, I mean, there's only one better free kick I've seen him put in, and that was at home against Wolves, mm-hmm. when he wrapped it and went back across the keeper. Um, but, should we should really, should should we be expecting this as a close against, you know, Oldham Athletic? Yes. yes. Yeah, I think we should be. One, 100%. We should, and at least, I don't expect him to do, be, you know, be, pull out wonderful free kicks and all the skill all the time, but I expect him to be started to score now. Like I said, against Swindon, he fluffed his lines a bit when he had a really good opportunity. Thankfully, the centre-back of Swindon saved his blushes in the end. But, you know, if Zach Clough is going to reach the heights, obviously not at Bolton eventually, of that we all expect and hope he get, achieves, he needs to start scoring again. And, you know, he hasn't been a consistent scorer since he, he first broke into the team. This part, you know, the part of the time when he made his debut against Wigan until he... You know, broke it, dislocated his shoulder against Reading. That's obviously been his most um, prolific spell in the Bolton first eleven, and hopefully this can now just be the start of it, Johnny. Yeah, I'm, I've written it a few times in a few different pieces, and I wrote it in my five things this week. People, I, I, I rate Zach Clough, and people say that his debut against Wigan was like one of the greatest things that's ever happened to us. He wasn't that, in my opinion, he wasn't that good in that game until he scored that goal. He was pretty anonymous. I said, this, I said this to a couple of people yesterday at the game. He was pretty anonymous. Then he got the ball, did something amazing and scored a great goal. And yeah, he's done some great things for us and he's, he's definitely one of our best players. But we're, we're in League One, lads. People are talking about him like he's got Premier League qualities. He's not that tall. He's not that fast. He's not that strong. He's not that strong. And I, I, his I, issue. He's not got... And, and I, I, I expect him... I expect him to be scoring week in, week out against teams like Oldham. Teams in the bottom half of this league... If he's got any chance of going to to top championship or lower level Premier League clubs, otherwise it's just it's not even worth entertaining. If people want to talk about him like a world beater, he needs to stay fit and, and be scoring 20, 25 goals a season at this level in the position that he's been played in. Which allow yesterday he's playing on the left. It allows him to cut inside on his right foot. He could do that from from a dead ball situation. He can. He's good from the penalty spot as well. I mean, he, he's got it in his locker, but he needs to kind of get us out of this league and then if he's yeah. doing it in the championship that's when people start noticing because nobody notices in league one what's the point it's it's, it's a, it's a low, lower level English football and I, I might be being a bit I might be being a bit harsh on him but 
I just feel that he he, need, he needs to do more. You always be harsh on the ones you want to see the best out of because they're the ones who we know can deliver more. You know, it's like a teacher being particularly harsh on a student because they know, despite him messing about, that he can do more, he can get more out of him, and that's when harsh, you know, harsh treatment is needed. I think with Clough, I think it, the, we all know he's got the ability and he can deliver. I feel he's just keeping fit. He needs. To, I feel like he needs to just get in the gym more. Fucking strengthen up those shoulders. Whenever a big burly centre back comes at you, fucking give him some back and just don't fall awkwardly on your arm ever again. Because I know it's it's, a, it's not as if it's niggly. Well, I suppose it's the last injury was a hamstring injury, but it's not as if it's the same injury every time. It's one shoulder, then it's the other shoulder, then it's you know what I mean. It's that it's just oh, it's just unfortunate injuries. But I feel like. If he gets another injury in the next month, he's going to get the label injury prone and he may never be able to shake it off, I don't think. He needs to really hope come, come over that, hopefully. And, you know, same with Max Clayton, someone who has that moniker already as a bowling player. He's injury prone, something he needs to get over if he ever wants to push on. And he's uh, a lot lower down <clears> the pecking order than Clough is. Mark Davis as well, who also had great potential. Well, there was talk about him. Talk about him playing for England and being yeah. amazing and stuff like that. And then look at him, Stuart Holden. He, well, he well, through no fault of his own, Holden's but he, he's story, I, obviously. But I think with Davis, I think you've got the perfect case study there. And you know, Clough could end up like Davis at Bolton eight years, eight years without ever succeeding, without ever getting a move to a club you probably deserve to be at because you're constantly injured. Or Clough could get his injury problems sorted out, get him rectified and you know fires us to League One. Maybe a good team comes in for him, or he stays, helps us get secured in the championship and then a team comes for him, or he stays as a bottle player forever and he fires us up to the Premier League, we win the Premier League, then with the Champions League and it's all you know, it's all days, isn't it? That's a, a bit unrealistic. But Wilson, what do you reckon of Clough? What do you reckon of his performance on yesterday? I think you lads are absolutely spawn. Um, I think the people um, saying that he's back are a bit are jumping the gun a little bit. Yeah. I think he has to play a game or two more to really prove that he's back. Because, like you said, all of them are likely going to get relegated. Having a good performance against them isn't really a good indicator of anything. Yeah, I think I think he's got the right attitude. He said that after his two goals today, he did say like he needs to he needed those goals to kickstart his. You know, it's a kickstart season and all that. I do think he's got the right attitude. We all know he's a good lad. I, I have hope. I just hope, mate. Oh, my main hope is they just might stay injury free. But Johnny, what other players on Saturday particularly impressed or unimpressed? Who were good? Who was bad? Um, let's stick with the positives. I think I wrote it in. Was it five? It was in my five things on man of the match. I thought um, Taylor at left back was outstanding. Okay. Um, he, that I think I spoke about it on the last podcast that I was on, which was probably about a month ago now. I think that was when he played and he played at right back Buxton. Um, that he was he was good defensively, but he just couldn't cross. Yeah. And I thought yesterday he was really good defensively. He got forward well. He put some decent balls into the box. Like he he was I was close to giving him man of the match, but um, Thorpe just edged it because I thought he was. He was really good, and obviously your fullback's a bit of an unsung hero. But it's nice to have someone there who was was kind of doing both, getting forward, defending well. I don't think he was turned inside out at any point um, that I can think of. And I know we're playing a, a bit of a shit team, but it's still nice to see a confident performance from one of your fullbacks. Yeah, 
Interesting, interesting. Anyone else you'd like to mention? Um, like I say, Vela was good. Um, the, the two centre-halves, Wheater and, and Beavers, were obviously good again. There's no complaints about those two. Um, one player that I do have a complaint about is Sammy Amiobi. Okay. Now, I've people ballooning on Twitter and on, on in the comments in various articles that I've written, but I don't know what people see in him. He's not that good. He, he's weak. I only saw him give it to a defender once yesterday. He's ponderous on the ball. He does everything right when it comes to an attack, and then when he gets to the final third, he hesitates and then overthinks things and ends up losing the ball. The amount of times he gave the ball, excuse me, away yesterday was was phenomenal for a player of his quality. Um, he, people say he's so fast and he's so good. He's not that fast. He's just got really long legs. So, like <laughs> three three of my strides is like one of his. Um, and he's got the got the ability to beat defenders, and we can see that a little bit of sort of like Wellington Silver esque, yeah, Wellington Silver esque spark, like a change of pace and, and stuff. He did, but a bit, so he did a bit of skill against Swindon towards the end of the game, which is mesmerising. The way he can yeah. just kind of like glide round players. Yeah, don't get me wrong, that's that's brilliant, and it's great to have in a player. But there's, it's only good when something comes of it. Correct. Um, and I'm sick of people sort of saying how good he is and how. How, how brilliant a player he is but let's be honest lads he's, he's played in the Premier League with Newcastle he's been loaned out to Cardiff and now he's been loaned out to League One Bolton Wanderers he's not a world beater he's doing something wrong if anything so that's my two pence on Sammy Amiobi I just think people need to get off the high horses about him I'm all for, I'm all for supporting a player when he deserves it but he's I think he was, he was pretty poor yesterday OK anyone else anything else to say about Amiobi Wilson? Um, yeah, easily Infinity 2.0. He he deludes people into thinking that he's a hard-working player, and to an extent he is, so that makes people think that he's good. He's like a ringer for like Liam Feeney and, and um, Neil Dams in that way. Okay. Those two were not good players, but because they ran about a bit, people yeah. thought they were good. Yeah. But he's not. He can take people on, and that's fine, but that's basically it. That's the only part of his game, actually. Works. Mm-hmm. What do you say about Sammy? Uh, I think I said on the podcast when we were talking about him um, after his first couple of games that he's going to infuriate me, and, I, and he's just one of the, he's one of those players, isn't he? I mean, he's he's brave enough to to try something, um, which I suppose is why that opens him up for criticism. Um, I just like my wingers to be wingers. I'm a bit old-fashioned like that. Mm. Um, just want to see people Wait. hit the line and get across him. Um, Liam Feeney. I, I, to be honest, you know, I never, I, I was never a huge Liam Feeney fan, but I was never jumping on his back because you always got what you got from him. I just could have done with him in League One. I say. Yeah, I just, I, I like, I, I, just, I like me when he's David Lee style, knock it past your fullback, get, get the crossing. Um, with, with Ami Obi, there's a lot of coming inside, beating the man, and then trying to beat him again. Yeah, that uh, is, that's his problem. Yeah, He overthinks it. He's like Chung Yong Lee. He used to do that all the time, mm. in my opinion. But yeah, I, I agree with Tom on that. He's just He just overthinks things. He does things too much. And I, I just sat there screaming yesterday, just get the ball into the box, get it over. 
or just pass it, release it, and then he just overthinks it, holds on to it too long, and before he knows it, he's been out-muscled and overcrowded by three defenders, and, we, and we've lost possession. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a weird one, Sam. I think it's a good option to have, but I don't think we'll be having him past January. Tom, is there any players you thought particularly played well or, bad, or played bad on Saturday? Is it time to, to open up the, the Laurie Wilson corner? Has it ever been shot? Has it ever been shot? Have we got any sexy music? Oh God! I do feel like he's, he gets a fair, fair amount of stick, um, and I, I, I don't quite know why. I've ne- I, 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 he's never had a ten out of ten game, really, but. Um, but he is a ten out of ten. We've never got a ten out of ten game out of him. But I've I've never I've never watched Laurie Wilson and thought God he let us down today. But again, I'm just lost in his eyes most of the time. I do I do think I do think there's healthy competition for places at that position with with Buxton as well. I think we're that was a problem position a while ago, and it seems you know. Health competition, like Johnny said about centre half. I will say, in fairness, Tom, I thought he was one of our better players against Swindon. Actually, I thought he was pretty decent, and he seems to have caught. You know, as I said, the competition seems to have helped him, and it's good to have options there, especially books and injury. Anyone else catch your eye slash well, for any reason? Um, like Johnny said, the centre halves, but it kind of goes without saying. I think I don't think there's going to be a better centre half pairing in the league than them two. Um, Mark Beavers is absolutely outstanding. Yeah, like, yeah, he is. How how we got him on a free? Uh, like, I just I just don't understand how that's happened. I, I just I feel like it's, there's been some some paperwork issue or something, or like a tape got lost somewhere. I just <laughs> feel like he he's too good for us. Mm. But please don't, Mark, if you're listening, please don't go. I do I do I do think if we do end up going up, then he'll step up to the championship. No worries with the style of the, the way the championship is. Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent agree. So, Wilson, anyone you'd like to talk about? Um, can we um address the elephant in the room? Would that be James Henry? No, Jamie Proctor. Jamie Proctor. Oh, okay. fuck off! <laughs> fuck right off! <laughs> he shit, isn't he? <laughs> He's so shit, lads. It's just, it's He's so 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 shit. I thought he showed so much early. Good early promise when he first came in. I thought he looked big, strong, mobile, but a lot more willing than Medine. Good at don't you talk about up. Gary that way? <laughs> don't you dare talk about well, Gary that way. We all know Medine's willing at some things. It's just usually from getting into levels rather than actually playing on the pitch. But hey ho. Yeah. Allegedly. True. Jagerbomb. <laughs> Gar- Gary Jagerbomb Medine. I feel like Medine showed. I'm um, sorry. I feel like Proctor showed a lot of good early promise, but it seems to have all gone to shit. So, what happened on Saturday, Tom? I mean, Wilson. He's he just he just doesn't belong on a football pitch. He's just so bad. Like when he originally signed for us, everyone was hyping him up as this guy who'll. I think the quote was he'll run through brick walls for his team. But he just won't. He won't even run through a fucking plastic sheet for us. <laughs> Why, why, why do you say that? Because he just doesn't do anything. He does a few nice turns here and there at like the the halfway line sometimes, 
but as a natural striker, he does nothing. He does absolutely nothing. Gary Medine, he sometimes wins headers and holds the ball up, but Proctor doesn't do any of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's not very good for the goal either, so I hear. He isn't. The fact he's only on the pitch for less than 20 minutes, and you're already so against him for this. 20 minutes too long. Well, there you go. Johnny, what do you think? <sighs> Dan, 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 Dan. <laughs> Jamie Proctor is a centre forward. He is a centre forward who should be able to hold the ball up, act as the top of the team, and he should be a pivot. He should bring other people into play. I've said this. This is the third podcast I've said this on. This is what he should do. The ball should get into his feet, or he should win the header, or he should hold the ball up in some way and bring other players into play. Your Vellas, your Cloughs, your Spearings who are getting forward, your wide men. Instead, that this, this is on the odd occasion that he actually does manage to control the ball. He gets it. He gets it into his feet. He thinks about it too much. Like Tom said, he does a few nice turns for pretty much no reason. He ends up out wide, he gets lost, and he loses the ball. Exactly. And all in all, he's, he's an utterly, utterly dreadful footballer. And I think I've cursed him. <laughs> because I, in, my, in my predictions at the start of the season, I wrote about how excited I was to see him linking up with Parkinson and how good it was to have a sort of a big, um, non bomb loving striker in the team. But it turns out that I was wrong, and I must have. It must be my fault, lad. So I'm really sorry. But I feel like I feel like he, he's either read that article, or I don't know. Maybe there's some sort of voodoo shit going on. But he, he had so much promise, and he scored so many goals last year for Bradford under the same manager. And now I think he's just forgotten how to play football. Yeah, you remind me of me last year on my other football podcast. I predicted that Swansea City would do really well last year. Gary Monk was a very good manager. They'd do really well. And then Monk was sacked by fucking October. <laughs> so, yeah. What, mm. what, what I think happened there, I think, Johnny, you were subconsciously defending Medine. So you subconsciously cursed Proctor so you wouldn't do well. Yeah, I do love Gary Medine. So I do love Gary Medine. So all the subconscious. Well, I... So, yeah. Another... Anyone else you want to talk about, Wilson? Uh, no, I think we pretty much covered everyone. Oh, Tom, do you have anything to say about Proctor? Uh, I, I feel I feel less strongly about Jamie Proctor than than everybody else seems to. I think he's a different centre forward to Medine. I know they're both target men in a sense, but Proctor um, is busier than Medine. He, he closes down defenders. He's better off the ball than Medine in terms of um, harrying defenders. He's, he's more like Yo- Johan Almanda, he reminds me of. <laughs> yeah, he's not cost um, He started off really well. I mean, against um, away at Wimbledon, he had a, he had a great game. Uh, and then at, at Blackpool away in the Cup, um, he was he was probably our, our, our best player. Um but I, I, he's just had a he's just had a couple of he's, he's had a couple of games and I do think um, that the the crowds got to him. Um, he got far too much stick against Bradford for my liking after about ten fifteen minutes, and I just think it's starting to get on top of him a little bit. I think that um, I think that he might be aware of the pressure that's on him and uh, it's not it's not it's not looking too good. But must I, be I, difficult. I, I don't feel as strongly as, as you guys about him. I think he's he's in some bad form at the minute, but. We'll see. We'll see better from him. And in, in his position, it must be difficult knowing that if Gary Medine gets injured, he's the only person who can play in that role. Because really, we're pretty fucked up front if Medine gets injured and Proctor's out of form because we've got nobody else who can play there. 
as it is that yeah. big central striker. Because are you going to put up there Clough and Keshi. Amiobi? Keshi? Keshi's well, pretty strong. A, I think people underrate well, how strong Keshi is. Well, that's a pretty weak forward line, in my opinion. Clough and Keshi Anderson, like, you're going to have to... I mean, we, we love knocking it long, so... Uh, from time to time, so you, you need a you need someone who can do both. Like Proctor's got that in his locker to be able to take the ball down and also get it into his feet. Whereas yeah. Medine is more of a more of an aerial threat. But if they, if they're both injured or or Proctor's uh, not on song, then I, I'm I'm pretty worried about how we're going to score goals. And maybe you could argue that that's where our um, our problems have come in front of goal recently because Medine's been unfit. Proctor's not playing so well. I don't know. Well, let's hope it never comes to that. Eh? So, we won two games on the bounce now. Two clean sheets on the bounce. Bradford lost at the weekend to Oxford United, so our loss to them isn't as bad now. They lost in the last minute, even though they probably should have won their undefeated run of about 50,000 games coming to an end. So, has Parkinson turned it around again already, just as so soon as he fucked it? Are we just going through form as any other team would do? Are we looking at, you know, we're third, two points behind Bradford, I think six or seven behind Scunthorpe. Are we are we happy with where we are at the minute, Johnny? And are we looking good? Are we feeling good? What what are we thinking? Um yeah, I'm happy. I mean we we we're winning teams against sorry, we're winning games against teams which we we should be winning. Like yesterday I'd have backed us. I didn't I didn't back us but if I if I had had the nows to I, I would have backed us all the way to win it. A game against a team of Oldham stature. Um, we should have should have beat Swindon by a, by a landslide. Yep. That was obviously didn't go to plan entirely, but we got the three points. So yeah, I think this is how form works. Look, we we, we had a great start to the season, which will help us leaps and bounds. It allows us to to have that sort of little dip, uh, which I arguably say we have had now. Uh, and then if we we win a few more games now, let's say around Christmas, we have another little dip. And who knows? I mean, that, that's just how it works. It's very rare that... Uh, well, I, I say it's very rare. I, I don't think we've got it in our locker and we've not got a, a deep enough squad to be able to sort of go unbeaten for so long because I just don't think our players can stay fit for long enough. I don't think we're good enough. Yeah, I don't think we're good enough to win sort of 15, 20 games on the bounce or whatever or like Wigan did last year. They were unbeaten for a long time, weren't they? So yep. I just don't think we've we've got that that mentality like you say but I think yeah it's just how form works so if we we just need to get as many points on the board as we can and then you can afford at the top of the table to have a little blip and hope your rivals slip up at the same time which is good like mm-hmm. like Bradford did yesterday yeah Tom how, how are we feeling Tom? Um, I mean you're not as, you're not as bad as people say you are when you're getting beat and you're not as good as you think you are when, when you're winning I mean we've won two games against two sides that should be and will be towards the bottom of the table. Yeah. Um, we've not conceded goals. I mean, there's a few people talking about style of play being boring, but you know what? Exactly give, me bo- give me boring. Give yeah. me boring. I'll, I'll, take, I'll take... If it means stability, if it means having a, an after season, give me give me one nils and two nils and, and tight games. I'll, I'll take that for 46 games of the season. I mean, I'm looking at... The one thing I am looking at now at the minute is we're in the playoff places. Everyone's talking about how good Rochdale are at the minute. Everyone's talking about how Sheffield United have turned it around. And obviously people until last week were talking about Bury and, and what they could do. And they're, they're all below us. Um, 
I mean, Bradford were the best team in the world, obviously, before they uh, came to the to the Macron. They've only got two points on us. Scunthorpe has started fantastic, and I'm assuming if anyone's going to stay up there at the top, it's it's, it's going to be them. But we, we we just had a bit of a dip, and you know, Bolton in typical Bolton fan fashion, we all decided to fill our nappies and decide that the world was ending, and. We're third at the minute, and I reckon we'll be in and around that sort of place come the end of the season. And like I said, it's just it's just four minutes, just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Wilson, anything else to add? Or yeah, I think that's pretty much spawn. Um, I think we'll, I think we will get promoted. Making a bold prediction here, I think we will. Um, I'm not sure how. I don't think it'll be automatic. I think a trip in Wembley's in order. So uh, looking forward to that. The <laughs> final. Yeah. I imagine it's because we always do so well at Wembley, don't we? Um, yeah, it's been it's been a good few weeks for Bolton now. Finally, to turn it around a bit. We've got a massive game on Monday night, though next Monday, live on the tellies, which is fucking well annoying because it means I can't go. Mm-hmm. Bolton in the big derby, the one game I was actually looking forward to this season. We played Bury now. This is a fucking massive game, is it not, Johnny? Like, I think how we you know this could be it season-defining game if we do not win it because Birmingham are up and thereabouts as well they're challenging they're near about us and of course it just comes with the stigma of being a really massive game really I mean it's not so much for me because I've I've only seen us play each other once and that was a friendly oh we played each other in the cup last season or season ago but that wasn't as intense because it was at our place and etc etc but this time at Bury's ground they're building it as literally their cup final it's quite pathetic it's going to be quite quite a massive affair isn't it yeah, I mean, look, we're, we're a big team in this league. There's us, Sheffield United, Bradford. Um, we're, we're all, MK Dons are another one, but we're all big teams in this league. We've we've, we've got big followings, big stadiums. Arguably, we're, we're the biggest because we're the most recently relegated from the, the heady heights of the of the Premier League. So every team like that come to us or we go to them, it's their cup final. We're, we're the we're the Manchester United of, of this league in some respects. Everybody wants to beat us. Everybody wants to say, oh, we beat Bolton um, because we're, we're tipped to, to go back up um, after only one season in, in League One. So, yeah, it's a massive game. I think it's going to be very interesting. Uh, I'm going to try and go if I can, but I'm not sure yet. It'll be, it's good that it's on telly as well. It's obviously decent exposure for the club, etc. So, time, yeah, it's going to be... Time. I know... It's, it's shit, but it's it's a good it's it's, it's a good thing, and I think we'll um, I think I think we'll beat them, but it's going to be very interesting, especially because Berry's ground is so small. Yeah, we've actually got like two sides of it, haven't we? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, should be it should be a good atmosphere. I'm looking forward to it. Tom, you making the trip? I'll do what I can. Um, it's it's half term that week, so uh, if I can get if I can get a ticket, I will. Um, I don't think it'll be uh, an enjoyable evening in Bury. By the sounds of it, they seem to have a, a little, a little group of testosterone-fueled teenagers who were, <laughs> who were up for a bit of a, of a scrap. So it doesn't sound like it's going to be a nice. Teacher, you're going to put them all in the place, aren't you, Tomo? <laughs> oh yeah, I'll have uh, cane in one hand and detention stickers in the other. Good lad, good lad. <laughs> not, some, not to forget, it's Neil Dans is oh Neil Dans claiming it's his old side and Niall Meyer and. Hayden White maybe a load of Joe Riley no is he still there no he's at Shrewsbury uh, Shrewsbury so. and Hayden White uh, no a lot of former Bolton players so it's going to be a lot of rivalries on the pitch and off it so well, you look forward to it Wilson you managed to get a ticket 
Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm not sure if I'll be able to go yet. Um, I can't really say. But I will try if I can. Um, but yeah, I'm, I reckon it'll be a win. Mm-hmm. And it'll be it'll be nice to win them after they gloated so heavily about being above us last week. Yeah, let's hope we smash them. Elsewhere, a bit more tidy up with Bolton. Bolton were linked with, well, I say linked, he was training with us. Leon Osman was training with Bolton. We said that you know, we Parkinson was looking at him. Opted not to sign him in the end. Johnny, were you disappointed that we didn't go for him? Uh, no, not really. I mean, he's 35 years old. Um, he's never going to reach the heights of Idaho Johnson and Emil Heskey. So what is the point? We, we were already. I can understand why, but I think there's other options in that area. Um, so, yeah, it would have been a waste of time for me and a waste of precious resources at the Macron. Tom, would you not have been tempted with you know experienced Premier League player like Osman, England international, no less? Um, when, when I heard the news, I thought I can see why he's signing a midfielder. I think, yeah, I think I'd, I'd rather he, he he got a forward, but I can see why because I suppose he's got his his four strikers. I don't really think that um, Leon Osman's the type of midfielder that we need. I mean, he's he'd be very much in the Jay Spearing role. So to see those two geriatrics in the <laughs> centre of the midfield not doing any running, I think that would uh, that be that would be difficult to watch. Um, so no, I think I think in terms of in terms of Spearing, we've got the best uh, for that sort of position. I think I don't think there's going to be a better defensive-minded central midfielder in this league than Jay Spearing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I was a bit surprised when we were linked. Um, and, and I'm not overly bothered that we've we've passed up the opportunity on him, to be honest. Yeah, Wilson, you have had him. Um, I'm not losing sleep over the fact that we didn't sign him, and I'll tell you why. If Sam Allardyce was still our manager, I'd be salivating at the thought of signing a 35-year-old because you know his reputation with yeah. reforming those types of players. But Phil Parkinson isn't Sam Allardyce, unfortunately, so I doubt he would have made much of an impact. Yeah, good point, Fair, fairly made. And finally, Ken Anderson, Bolton chairman, is holding a Q&A session, a live one, at the Reebok Stadium, I presume, at the, I think it's a Bolton Wanderers Supporters Associated meeting at some point in the near future. Are we expect anything groundbreaking from this meeting at all, Johnny? What do we think? Is it worth it? It's nice that he's making an appearance, but are we actually going to learn anything? Are the questions going to be answered that we actually want answers to? Well, that's if the fucker even turns up. Yeah, well... Um, I mean, I, I, look, look, I, I, ooh, ooh, undertones. Ooh. I think the questions that people are going to ask will be um, politely deflected and given very sort of diplomatic answers. Um, people are going to be asking, "Oh, how much money have we got in the bank? Uh, have the staff been paid? Is everything all right? Like, are we going to go into administration again?" I mean, I know we're fans of this club, but. Those questions aren't, aren't going to get answered. That you lads and, and most of the listeners know that I was involved with the with the trust when that came about, and, and we asked those kind of questions, and they just don't get answered because the, there's some stuff that fans just aren't, aren't supposed to know about clubs. It's, it's still a it's still a business. It's still a it's still a private thing. So I don't know. I think there'll be some interesting comments from him about certain things, maybe like. <clears throat> player recruitment, etc. Maybe new developments because I know they've been talking about extending the training ground at Lostock and stuff. That's all good stuff. But I think when it gets down to the nitty gritty about finances and 
and stuff like that. There'll be a few uh, a few disgruntled parties after that meeting because I can't see many people. Uh, sorry, I can't see many questions like that being answered. Tom, considering this event is seemingly going ahead without the slightest involvement from the supporters' trust, does it make them even more irrelevant? Yeah, I mean, if you were if you're particularly cynical, you might want to make the point that uh, this could be very deliberate that it's that it's through the you know the um, the association and not the trust. I don't know. Um, I mean, I, I'm as I'm as cynical as they come, and I don't know whether someone's been slipping some antidepressants into me lunch at work. But when I read the, the like the open letter, if you will, um, I just you know the over the overriding feeling after it was just you know good on him. You know, this is what this is what the fans have been asking for. They've yeah. been asking for. Absolutely. More information. You're not. Gonna get, you're not going to get all the answers. You're not going to get the ins and outs and the, and the nitty gritty. But do you know what? Fair play to him. For, it's a brave move because he, he will get asked the awkward questions, maybe questions that he can't or won't want to answer. But fair play to him. You know, he's he's opening up a dialogue. You know, what what comes out of it, I don't know. But fair play. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Wilson, anything to add on this whole situation? This might make me sound like a bit of a shit fan, but I just don't fucking care about any of this, honestly. I just want to watch the football, and we're, we're probably not going to have another administration to get yeah, So I don't... Yeah. I kind of agree. I kind of agree with you. Yeah. I kind of agree. Of all this political shit, when there's just really nothing to do with us, really. Just want to watch the football and try to yeah. enjoy it. Well. Agreed. On that note, we hope you... Listener, enjoyed this Line of Inner Street podcast episode 65. It's been a long one, I think it's been a quite a good one. We've had a lot of good debate and whatnot. Of course, follow me on Twitter at the Broski. You follow Johnny on Twitter at Johnny Ecclesley. You follow Tom on Twitter at Down the Manny RD. And you can follow other Tom on Twitter at Cult of Wilson. Oh, by the way, Tom, I enjoyed your little um, spat with, was it Greg Johnson on Twitter the other day? The Squawker writer. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, that guy's a fucking dickhead. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that. <laughs> I enjoyed that altercation, that coming together. It was quite enjoyable. So if you want to see more great content from Tom, that's our Cult of Wilson. Of course, you can catch all our writing on our beloved Bolton Wonders of lineofvienasweet.com. And, you know, we're on this podcast here, Line of Vienna Sweets podcast. Please, if you wouldn't mind, rate, review, subscribe, share with everyone you bloody well know. And as if we haven't asked enough of you already, Bolton Wonders... Well, I don't mean more ones. I mean the line of the suite. The line of the suite. is up for uh, FBA once again for the second year in a row. We are up for best club blog at the football blogging awards. If you could tweet the tweet which says I voted for line of the suite in the FBA's hashtag club blog or wherever it is, just go on the site. It's all in there. We'll be very very appreciative because we know we never win. We're against Anfield HQ and sites of bigger clubs who you know. We're never going to win it, but it'd be nice to, so give us a cheeky vote. And that We'd love it, so thank you very much. So there's nothing else to say, lads. It's time to say goodbye. So say goodbye, Johnny. Bye, everyone. Say goodbye, Tom. Uh, can I dedicate this podcast to somebody or a group of people? You sure can. Is that possible? Do you want to go last? Do you want to bring out the show with your dedication? Yeah, go on, then. All right. Say goodbye, Tom of Wilson. See you, lads. It's goodbye from me. Salavi, Tom, the stage is yours. This podcast is dedicated to the fans of Berry Football Club. <laughs> Put your champagne in the freezer. There's only eight days till your cup final. Sweet dreams, lads. Ta-ra.